0: It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to it. Hope you're well. Happy Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, right? Happy Wednesday. The Sanctuary State Bill has advanced in California. Our ancient, allegedly syphilitic governor, although that is not, that's just a, the broadcast reports have suggested the, the governor is in the late stages of syphilis, but that is unverified and Senator, uh, Senate President Pro Tem Kevin De Leon have struck a deal. We'll tell you about that in a little bit. Uh, it's not passed yet, but it probably will. A lot of good stuff to get to today, and, uh, and we'll do our best to get to all of it. The complete list of who Hillary blames, also very amusing. So, uh, do you know who Ben Shapiro is? He's a young conservative firebrand, Smithers. Ah, uh, he's a, he's just a super smart guy. He's a writer. He's a lawyer, etc., etc. And um, and he and he kicks it conservative style. Uh, in particular, he is a defender of Israel and a an activist on up with Israel uh, and and some would say down with the Palestinians. He has had some fairly radical ideas on the whole Israel Palestine uh, Palestinian thing. That he is uh, he has softened through the years, but. He's seen uh, by the up with uh, the Palestinians crowd as 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 uh, bad guy, um, but he he certainly has never advocated anything illegal nor uh, you know outside the realm of political discussion. Well, he is slated to speak at the uh, University of California at Berkeley, the home of the so-called free speech movement, where they are utterly terrified of anything resembling free speech, and. The university has has put out a big news uh, letter, uh, a release uh, with links and sympathies and advice and the rest of it, including, this is my favorite part, this is just so precious. That support and counseling services are available for students, staff, and faculty. We are deeply concerned about the impact some speakers may have on individuals' sense of safety and belonging. No one should be made to feel threatened or harassed simply because of who they are or for what they believe. For that reason, the following support services are being offered and encouraged. Student support services and employee, faculty and staff support services. Let's break this down. This is for people who are threatened by little Ben Shapiro giving a speech. Whoop! Well, Jack's mic is funky. I got the funky. Mic. I feel there I feel silence.
1: They feel unsafe, which is just hard to imagine. The number of times I've felt unsafe in my life, I can count on one hand.
0: And they, did they include that there is a speaker speaking six blocks away who disagrees with you?
1: That guy that was screaming he was going to kill me and my children a couple weeks ago. I felt unsafe then. That's pretty unsafe. But, uh, you know, anybody giving a speech about anything on a college campus, it's a, well, it's, it's obviously absurd. Who are we talking to? Well, right, it's, mean,
0: it's, it's faked up to get attention and sympathy and to feel important. It is a neurosis. It's a mental disorder.
1: And then there's the weird, of course, of course uh, flip side of that, is you have people who were as literally unsafe as you can be as you're being beaten <laughs> on the ground on the same campus for, uh, for having, for just talking.
0: Right. Yeah. UC Berkeley will let you be physically beaten, put in the hospital. But you're not unsafe. But if you don't like Ben Shapiro and I heard he's coming to campus. Well, you need to be protected. I wonder I've wondered because you said that, you know, you got a couple
1: of kids that are through college now that they didn't like they didn't sense that they didn't feel that way. Their friends didn't feel that way. So how many people on your average college campus feel this way? reflect
0: that attitude i have heard from various folks whose uh, judgment i trust that it is a an extremely vocal minority now uh, you know a minority of five percent. Uh, exactly or? is it 48 percent or five percent i don't know i don't know but the faculty because and staff works very crazy. very hard to reinforce that point of view
1: if my kids ever said that as like 20 year olds i think oh my god we got to sit down and talk we got to
0: have a long talk because you're never going to make it in the world. Well, what if you're a 53-year-old math professor? Because remember, they've got counseling available for the faculty and staff as well. You're some sort of mid-50s math professor and you, oh, I heard that scary, scary Ben Shapiro's ear. I'm unsafe. I mean, you you literally have a mental disorder. He's going to
1: speak to 80 people in one of our uh, conference rooms.
0: Right. And then they'll cheer and all go home or to campus bars or to fornicate like college kids do and <laughs> smoke their damn marijuana. And, then you know, everybody will be fine. Uh, you know, I think it's absolutely useful at this point to revisit the absolutely brilliant piece that uh, Jonathan Haidt and uh, and uh, uh, Greg Lukanoff wrote that was published in The Atlantic a couple of years back about the coddling of the American mind, they talk about cognitive therapy, which is not only the embodiment of ancient wisdom, trying to see the world clearly, but it is said to be the most useful sort of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. And the goal is to minimize distorted thinking and see the world more accurately, more clearly. And you start by learning the names of a dozen or so of the most cognitive distortions, like overgeneralizing, discounting positives, emotional reasoning, et cetera, et cetera. And when you notice yourself falling prey to each one of them, you name it, describe the facts of the situation, consider alternative interpretations, and then choose an interpretation of the events more in line with the facts. A couple of examples. Emotional reasoning. And this is a lot of what we're talking about on the uh The uh, college campus uh, trigger warning thing or the uh, I feel unsafe thing. Emotional reasoning assumes that your negative emotions necessarily reflect the way things really are. I feel it. Therefore, it must be true. Don't all of us as adults like work really
1: hard against that? I mean, isn't that part of just being a, a, a grown up in the world? is accepting that I got this bad feeling, but nothing bad is happening, and, you know,
0: learning to deal with it. Or that. I'm really mad at Jim for saying that in the meeting, but was Jim really being mean to me, or was he just, you know, saying his point of view, and I'm a little butthurt over here? That's that's trying to get control of emotional reasoning. Um, duh, 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 Subjective feelings are not trustworthy. Guides... Unrestrained, they cause people to lash out at others who have done nothing wrong. And therapy often involves talking yourself down from the idea that each of your emotional responses represents something true or important. And emotional reasoning dem- dominates a lot of campus debates and discussions. A claim that someone's words are quote-unquote offensive is not just an expression of your own subjective feeling. Rather, it's a public charge that the speaker has done something objectively wrong. Remember the great Armstrong and Giddy axiom. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. You do not have a right to not be offended. The very idea is hilarious. Those of us who, who run a little hot and cold maybe tend to be in a, a little emotional. We know this deep down. It's the only way we maintain our sanity that, look, not every one of my moods is, um, is, is a documentable fact. The, the idea of, all right, I need to cool off. I need to say nothing until I'm calm is an example of that. Fortune, Boy, if you don't learn that when you're married, you're in big trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because you're still an adolescent, honestly, in a lot of ways. And I, I say well, you. By you, I mean me. So I'm not uh, preaching from a high horse over here. I got a low horse, low-slung horse. <laughs> i got uh, like, naturally short legs, yeah, and he's got the sway back. Uh, how about fortune-telling? This really ties into... Um, Trigger warnings. It's it's one of your cognitive um, uh, d- d- fallacies. Fortune telling is anticipating that things will turn out badly, and feeling convinced that your prediction is an already established fact. Uh, they call it predicting the future negatively, a little more concisely. Seeing danger in everyday situations. Um, the recent spread of demands for trigger warnings. Uh, is an example of fortune-telling. The idea that words or smells or, or any any sensory input can trigger searing memories of post-trauma has been around for a long, long time. But explicit trigger warnings are believed to originated much more recently. They became prevalent in self-help and feminist forums, where they allowed people who suffered from traumatic events to avoid graphic content that might trigger flashbacks or panic attacks, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, But then overnight, students across the country have begun demanding that their professors issue warnings before covering any material that might evoke any negative emotional response. Which, if you place that limitation on learning, that's just absurd. It's completely, it's insane. It literally is like a mental illness to think you can learn without any negative emotions.
1: By the way, there's a new group to be worried about. When's Ben Shapiro supposed to come speak? Tomorrow, I think. Um, oh, wait a second. What's today? The 14th or the 13th?
0: Today is the, the 13th.
1: 13th. Uh, tomorrow. So you remember when Milo showed up, uh, the, the, the resulting protest cost $100,000 in damage, and it was a lot of Antifa people. This time around, it's the activist group Refuse Fascism, which has hailed Antifa as courageous. And is taking the lead in going after Mr. Shapiro, Mr. Shapiro who's going to speak tomorrow, or supposed to speak tomorrow. In probably. spite of the
0: fact that he has never advocated for fascism.
1: So this new group, Refuse Fascism, calls him a fascist on campus flyers and declared in a Facebook post that their goal was, or his goal, was to spread ugly fascist views dressed up in slick-talking intellectual garb.
0: God, it's funny, because uh, when was it that uh, Orwell, George Orwell, said... Fascism has become completely useless as a term because now, and this is like in the '40s, you wrote this or something like that. It's now used to describe anything anybody doesn't like, and it's just gotten worse. It's ridiculous. You don't get the right to define everything you don't like as fascism. I'm going to start declaring sitcoms are fascism, and overly loud commercials on TV is fascism. I'd be with you on that one. Bad traffic is fascism.
1: I'd be with you on that one too. We got to take a break, Michael. But uh, yeah, we'll be following that story. I think what will probably happen, predictably, un- unfortunately, is the just decide he'll decide, bench peril decide he can't speak.
0: Well, and and I've got more and on won't. this, more of the documented, agreed upon by all of psychiatry, these mental illnesses that are now being encouraged on college campuses, particularly in the. Uh, As we take a look at the Ben Shapiro
1: fracas. We're deeply concerned about the impact some speakers may have on an individual's sense,
0: individual sense of safety. Yeah, just because they sense that doesn't mean it's real. They need to get over it. You're babies, you're pussies, you're cowards. You're not tough enough for first grade, much less the world. He is like a little baby. You fuzzy little bunnies.
1: (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to it. So we're talking about the uh, most recent acting, all agitated and horrified and emotional about some conservative coming to a UC campus. And as usual, everybody's melting down and weeping and gnashing their teeth and acting like Hitler himself is coming with the SS to round up the, uh, you know, the the unclean. Uh, but just a couple more quick notes from the great piece by Height and Lukanoff about how Like the University of California, Berkeley is a perfect example of this. They are teaching, reinforcing, and indeed insisting on mental illness in the students. These are recognized, diagnosed, virtually, universally respected principles of psychiatry. For instance, you can't engage, if you're going to be rational, in magnification and labeling. Meaning, and this is all about the microaggressions, making something small seem big... And then universally labeling anybody who does it as, you know, one thing or another. Anybody who makes a slightly unfeeling comment must be a racist. Racist. But, you know, if, if they kept the micro and microaggressions and said, hey, dude, you know, that's kind of rude. That's kind of hurtful to, you know, a, 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 a Mexican kid or something like that. You probably shouldn't say that. Oh, you know, I didn't mean to be rude. If you keep the micro and micro, people learn. And, and maybe they decide to change their, uh, their habits. But then you get into catastrophizing, which is a serious mental disorder where you turn commonplace negative events or events you don't enjoy into nightmarish monsters, believing that what has happened or will happen is so awful and unbearable you won't be able to stand it. The Ben Shapiro thing, perfect example of that. Some some little conservative thinker is going to come and say, you know, I don't think you should disinvest in Israel. In fact, I think Israel's right. Uh, you know, just uh, what do you think? And then he leaves, and you never hear his name again. The idea that that is some sort of disaster that should terrify you, that's catastrophizing. If you do that often enough, you're going to find yourself in a mental home. But UC Berkeley is teaching that that's good and that we are teaching our kids mental illness.
1: So the provost at UC Berkeley, whatever a provost is, what he wrote was... um That students should avail themselves of campus counseling services because of these things. What do the counselors say? If you go into the school... Quit being a friggin' baby! Well, that's what I wonder. If you go into the school psychologist's office and sit down and say, there's a conservative that's going to speak Thursday night and I don't feel safe. Does the counselor say anything other than, why don't you feel safe? What What? Are Are they going to speak in your dorm room? Well, no. Do you think he's going to come here and
0: attack you, or what do you think is going to happen? You're aware that the campus is several square miles, right? He's just going to speak his piece and leave. I'm, I'm still not clear on why you feel unsafe. What do you think he's going to do? Well, he's going to sow seeds of hate that could make the overall campus unsafe. So, like, he's this guy incites violence? Well, no, no. It's just. It, it, we are teaching mental
1: illness. Or do you think the ca- the campus counselors take it completely seriously and indulge it? Completely? Oh, they do. They do a
0: hundred percent. They do.
1: I'll bet. I'm sure there's they give some, them a puppy to pet or some a coloring book or the various things we've heard of. Some right. bubbles. Yeah, that's a big thing. Is the bubbles? I love bubbles. Let's not be little bubbles. <laughs> blow some bubbles. See Bubble if that calms dealing. you down. There. Yeah, exactly. And again, we point this out every single time. How you how you can have one 18 year old that goes off to Fallujah as a marine and one 18 year old who needs to blow bubbles because somebody's given a speech they don't. Like, right. I don't know how those same people
0: are going to, you know, be in the same country in the same era. It's like two species of dog. Yeah. You know, it's like a, a German Shepherd and a, a Schnauzer or something. You got to, they have completely different, uh, uh, you know, psyches and behavioral patterns. They're really not the same animal at all. Uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, listen, here's a little advice for you, Junior. Toughness and resilience, more than anything, will mark your success or failure. And there is an enormous gulf, an enormous gulf, between being tough and resilient and being like a hater or a racist. I mean, the two are just, they're miles and miles and miles and miles apart. So you are at the extreme end of something. And the idea that saying, let Ben freaking Shapiro speak his piece, then go away, is somehow supporting fascism or something like that. You are seriously into mental illness territory. And the fact that it's become so fashionable among your little subculture to reinforce that mental illness and to pretend that it's normal, don't make it normal. There weren't any witches in Salem. Are you hip to that fact? And yet an entire <laughs> Well yeah, you know, town they burned them all. <laughs> that's right, because they found them and rooted them out. Sean, good point. No, it was it was a trend. It was a fad. It was a uh, a uh, what do they call it? A uh, when it's like a, 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 a mass hysteria. Mass hysteria, exactly like that. Y'all are involved in mass hysteria. And as soon as the scales fall from your eyes, to to quote the good book, which I don't know, has that triggered anybody? Quoting the Bible, as soon Bible. as you see things clearly, you're going to see how. That's right, Mr. President. You're going to see how absurd you are being. This stuff doesn't threaten you. You're going to get cancer or you're going to get fired from a job or or you're going to be divorced or you're going to have a terrible or you're going to your child is going to be on drugs. You're going to deal with stuff that is not only 10 times, not only 50 times, but times. thousand times tougher than ben shapiro coming to campus and if you fall apart because ben freaking shapiro gives his little speech seriously there are easter bunnies who are laughing at you and not the full-grown tough rabbits the little tiny bunnies think you're a baby get <laughs> it, over it you know
1: i would think that this would this whole snowflake thing was overblown like uh, good fodder for conservative talk radio If it were just the students you're hearing from, because I think it's a small number, but it's the leaders. Like you said, it's the 50 year old provosts and 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 teachers that are leading this that's what makes it real and troubling
0: there are grown-ups in positions of power that are leading this whole thing well a lot of the, the the uh the the teachers the professors were the thought leaders on this stuff i mean you're radical leftist type professors and they get to have their point of view it's fine but in and and you see this again in every extremist political movement it is always the students who drag people out of their homes and, and kill them or shoot them or kick them or, or, or drag them off to the re-education camps. Because you can get fi- students fired up about ideology really easily. Number one, they don't have the life experience to filter ideology through. And number two, they have the free time. So you get students all whipped up about these things. And now you're right because it's the extreme professors who got this started. But now the administrations are so afraid of the students. And they're with. I mean, look at their propensity for violence and sit-ins and screaming and the the microaggression stuff. I mean, if you're going to have a a campus running with any sort of order, uh, where where the inmates are running the asylum, you have to capitulate. At least this is the thinking of like the uh, the UC Camp I and their administration. You have to capitulate to the most extreme fifteen percent of students. Did you did
1: you mention this when I wasn't in the room? Who who Milo's bringing with him in two weeks? Oh no. Here we go. Oh,
0: wow. Milo Yiannopoulos, provocateur.
1: So with this little conversation is... Dangerous, dangerous gay Jew whose boyfriend is black. This little conversation is nothing. The big one's coming. Milo's coming to Berkeley in two weeks with Ann Coulter and Steve
0: Bannon. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh,
1: boy is right. You know, we
0: got to be there. We absolutely have to be there. Wow. That is going to be huge. It's going to be the Super Bowl of WTF this is. <laughs> I'm guessing with Bannon involved, they've got
1: some sort of plan. Because what keeps Milo and people like him from speaking is they put the security costs on the speaker. Right. And you just can't afford it. Right. I'll bet Bannon's got some sort of plan for that or raised money or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ann Coulter. This, okay, this could
1: be the Antifa clash that everybody's been worried about or hoping for, where finally a decision has to be made. Are you with free speech or not uh, this time around? This could yeah. be the big one.
0: That's the Super Bowl. What's the date of that? Oh, yeah, two weeks. Oh, man. Milo and Coulter and Steve Bannon with his red eyes. <laughs> And his eyes are not red. 60 minutes oversaturated the color. Look at the video. It's posted at armstrongandgettyradio.com, or at least I think it is. There's your headline for Berkeley in two weeks. Holy cow, that's going to be good talk radio stuff right there. That's just going to be good American stuff, Jack. I don't care about talk radio. <laughs> I care about this country. <laughs> okay. Well, I believe you. but uh, And you don't, because I'm better than you. Um,
2: What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? All right, now, time to step up. The Senate's going to be voting to repeal the war powers bills. The authorizations that provided the legal framework for the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. We'll tell you about that. that. And we got the new iPhone 10. How good is its facial recognition security system? Getting into that as well. Minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty.
1: They think this is the big test for the UC system. That's what Milo's hoping is hoping is going to happen. I can't wait. Are you with free speech or not? Right. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I got a plan for stealing from the um, the lunchroom at work. I think it'll be good what now? You're going to steal? You know, like a lot of workplaces, maybe you got that thing where they got everything's out in the open
0: and then you swipe it.
1: It's kind of the honor system, but kind of not because they got cameras everywhere. Right. I want to I wanna not pay for some stuff.
0: I like those cameras because I can see how my haircut looks from the
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get some stuff and not pay for it. And then at some point, though, at the end of the month, they'll realize somebody was stealing stuff, so they'll have to go back through the videotape. But when I take it I want to. I want to look around at the cameras, then I want to rub my hands like an <laughs> evil villain, then I want to laugh, and then I want to tiptoe out of the room. <laughs>
0: over and over again. Now that's a plan.
1: And then I'll pay my $5 and just get the enjoyment out of it. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well,
2: Senate expected to vote today on a bill that would repeal the 2001-2002 War Powers Resolutions. Republican Rand Paul sponsoring the amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act that also provides the legal framework for U.S. military action in Afghanistan, Iraq, and a host of other countries. Now, Paul's managed to block attempts to speed up debate on the annual defense policy bill in order to force a vote on his repeal measure. He was on with Joe Scarborough on MSNBC, and Joe was asking Paul about the U.S actually getting out of Afghanistan.
0: People people will not stand up and defend themselves until they're forced to. The Afghan army has been given billions upon billions. We've spent a trillion dollars over there. And if they are not willing to fight for their country, I don't understand why we would continue to fight for their country. Basically, the only thing that people think that will work over there is a permanent occupation. But a permanent occupation also engenders a reaction, and that reaction is perpetual terrorism as well.
1: Well, it's either a good idea or a bad idea, and we talked about that recently. But I'm with Rand Paul on this. Um, Force Congress to discuss it, vote on it, make a decision. The whole, because of 9-11, we can stay in Afghanistan for the next
0: 40 years. (laughs) Fighting ISIS makes no sense. Well, not only Afghanistan, but Iraq and Syria and Lebanon and who knows where I think we've bombed eight
1: different countries under the resolution that was passed like two days after 9-11. They gave George Bush the authority. Well, yeah, because we've already gone into uh,
0: Africa proper under that resolution.
1: Libya was part of it. Yep. Right. Syria's part of it. Yemen's part of it. All these different countries were using that. It's ridiculous. And it allows the the cowards in Congress to not have to have their name attached to anything because they're just, they're just cowards. If anything goes bad, they don't want to—they want to, to, to get called out for having voted for it. But that way, we have the—the the, the result is we have no national conversation about how long should we be in Iraq. What's the point of being in Iraq?
0: Look out, Australia! You bunch of koala humpers, you're next. <laughs> if we can go anywhere for any reason, Bernie Sanders. Expect- By the way, I don't think this will get any traction, will it? Do you? Because the politicians—they oh, no. don't want to have to vote on. No, this. that's the last thing they want. That's why I stand with Rand. He's fantastic. Re-
1: Republicans
0: and Democrats right. are unified in giving the president unlimited power to just wage war anywhere right. in the world. The alternative being they go on the record with their opinion about that power. I mean, how cowardly is that?
2: Yeah. Well, the word is their end run, the senator's end run. They're going to vote to table the bill, effectively killing it. All right. So there you go. Jim Cook. Tim Cook unveiled the highly anticipated iPhone X. This is iPhone X. It is the biggest
0: leap forward since the original iPhone.
2: Comes with a big leap as far as price goes too, about a thousand bucks. Features include edge-to-edge higher resolution screen, richer colors, the home button's gone, users swipe up to get to the home page, users able to unlock their phone with facial recognition now apple says now, i read
1: yes. this. i didn't check the video i read that on stage yesterday the guy attempted to unlock the phone with his face it wouldn't unlock and he had put his passcode anybody else
3: read that anywhere
1: i read I, that I in one review there was I didn't hear that
3: there was that hiccup and then there was another yeah. hiccup where a reporter was reviewing it and was able to kind of unlock the phone with the facial recognition from several feet away kind of like if if we're all at a table and i swipe your phone and i kind of secretly show your show your face then it unlocks then i just walk away with an unlocked
2: phone right i've got the reporter one of those examples here let me let me share it with you
3: also i've got this phone if i just pointed at this gentleman's face i could unlock it so obviously some security things to work through there for apple because if someone grabs your phone and they just point it at you you probably want to keep your eyes closed all the time so, so I'm, I'm wow. at dinner.
1: I kind of slipped the phone out of her purse. Yeah. I at some point kind of wave it her direction. Her face unlocks it, and now I got her phone. Yeah.
3: Okay. I see.
0: Mm, interesting. Hang
3: That's on your, to your phone. At least you'll people they, steal they, your phone. They yeah. had to cut your thumbs off. <laughs> right. Hey, what about yeah, twins? Exactly. Right. You
1: know, if you have a twin... My wife asked this very question. I'll give you the same answer I gave her. It's only a problem if you have an evil twin. (laughs)
3: If you don't,
1: I don't think you've got a problem.
3: And from my understanding of evil twins, they typically come with a goatee, so I
2: think you're safe there, too. (laughs) Exactly. Good point. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong Getty Show, the voice of the West.
1: Yeah, it's it's better than the... uh, Uh, The rash of cutting off people's thumbs so they could steal your phone. Or if you have that retina technology, pluck it out of people's eyes. (laughs) Right? Happens all the time. Oh, yeah. You're a robber, you walk around with a bag of eyeballs. Which one of these eyeballs will work? Oh, boy.
3: Oh,
0: boy. I'm not sure that's how it works. Common crime. Yeah. All right, so... uh... Uh, if you like the politics, kind of an exciting assessment of what's about to happen with tax reform coming up. Now, that's a topic. I know it sounds dry, but it affects every single person listening. It's, I believe it's important. I agree with you. I don't know
1: if you can claim it's exciting. It's it's very exciting. claimed it's exciting. Oh,
0: I can't hear enough about it. Deductions and filing. Audits. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show funny coming up in just a second yeah and coming up eventually we'll we'll try to get to it as framing up the uh, tax reform thing politically and uh, no matter where you sit right left or center i think this is the way you gotta look at it it's exciting it reduces it more like to a football game than an incredibly complex set of policies well we all pay taxes except for the half of us that don't
1: um so this is something we do now and then it's kind of fun if there's a big enough story that all the late-night comedians think is, you know, worth taking a shot at. They all do a joke. We play them all back-to-back to compare who did it best. And the topic was so good yesterday, the whole Ted Cruz porn thing.
0: Oh, yeah. He retweeted a uh, – a, a, somebody on his account retweeted a porn clip.
3: Uh, Claire, they, they, was,
0: they liked it. They didn't retweet Cruz. it. Ah, like
3: retweet. That's a, a, It wasn't much. Retweets wasn't aren't much. endorsements, somebody... but I don't know what likes are.
1: Yeah, a like is not much. You wouldn't think that would cause controversy, but it was enough for Conan, Corden, Fallon, Kimmel, all of them to take a shot at it.
0: And whoever does it worst. Now, whoever does it best, we will salute whoever does it worst. I will call for them to be drummed out of the business. Let's begin.
1: On Twitter last night, someone discovered that Republican Senator Ted Cruz had liked a tweet from a porn account. Yeah. Yeah, as you can imagine, that was one very embarrassing day for that porn account. So...
0: Texas Senator Ted Cruz is coming under fire because late last night, his official Twitter likes a pornographic video. So if you ever meet Ted Cruz on the campaign trail, you might wanna think twice before shaking that hand. Everyone is freaking out about this and they're calling it a possible scandal all because a politician may have
1: watched porn. Come on people, it's no big deal. Everyone, watches porn, all
0: right? It's part of being a normal human being, which is exactly why we know Ted Cruz didn't do it. (laughs) He didn't do it, he's pretending to like porn as a way to blend in with the rest of the human species. (laughs) Nice try, Ted, nice try. Everybody is talking about this. Last night on Twitter, Ted Cruz's official account liked a pornographic video. The next time Cruz tries to reach across the aisle, the other senators will be like, "No, thank you. That's good with is-
1: right.
2: Okay. Cruz liked a pornographic video, some are wondering if he's going to hire a PR team to beat the scandal. But Cruz says he plans to beat it alone.
0: Okay. Um. Wow. So Fallon with two hacks at it, both of them terrible. What? What are? What are
1: the two? Someone who. Oh, who takes care of their own needs is unclean. What is That's that? Right?
0: Because they've recently been touching their genitals, Jack. Back to you. <laughs> what the hell is that? So on my <laughs> scorecard. a current, weird way to go about it. I have Fallon with a C- and a D. Conan with a C-. minus, Corden with a D. And the surprise winner with a C-plus. That uh, pleasant fellow who, who hosts the Unfunny Daily Show. Yes, What's Trevor his name? Noah. Trevor Noah. Yeah, he was the best of the lot. Yeah, with by C- Conan for C-plus. Yeah, the blending in with real human beings thing. That was, that was mildly amusing. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that was awful. Yeah, I think Fallon well, does and Does anybody watch
3: those shows at this point? Fallon and Corden, I think, automatically lose points because they both did essentially the same joke. And, like, categories if you guys both come to the same conclusion, it wasn't that original. Eh,
0: out of here. Mm, good one. Good Good yeah. point. As the Supreme Court has ruled in U.S. versus Uh <laughs> Hey, how long is that clip I asked you for, Sean? Uh, let's see here. It is about 16 seconds. Oh, that's it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this, this is the way... Oh. You, take, you look at the, the tax reform effort in Congress. This is the way to view it. It is simple. Go ahead. But make no mistake, tax reform is going to be the marker upon which Republicans rise or fall. After the failure to repeal and replace Obamacare, if they cannot deliver on the second biggest pro- promise
2: Republicans have been making for a generation, what is the point of having Republicans control the House and control the Senate?
0: Uh, very good question. That is Ari Fleischer, who was the uh, press secretary under uh, W? Yeah. Uh, and whose name in German means butcher. Anyway, uh so he's thank, framing thank you for that. If the uh if the if the Republicans can't get some sort of tax reform through or tax reduction through, they will just be so ridiculously ineffective they may never win another election, which is the sort of thing people say in media and then six years later they win an election. But you should disband the party.
1: Or something,
0: right? Or, or close it for a while, then reopen. Well, you're not you <laughs> redecorate
1: you, it. it. It would show to me that you weren't actually a political party. You were the anti-Hillary, anti-Obama coalition. But it's not actually a political party that agrees on a particular
0: thing. Now, other than hating Hillary and Obama, right? And and haven't we all agreed, including any intelligent Democrat, that being anti-Trump isn't enough for the Democrat right. Party? Well. Yeah. Well, likewise. Now, if you're into politics, like you're as much into it as a football fan who knows the difference between a cornerback and a safety, well, then here's your slightly more advanced analysis. Uh, so if, if failing would completely discredit the Republican Party from now for this foreseeable future, obviously the Democrats are going to do absolutely everything they can to screw them. Except if the Republicans are saying, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Middle America, we want to make it so you pay less tax. That's going to be a tough thing to stand up against. So will it be the, the, the scattered, ineffective, you know, constantly hating, disagreeing with each other Democrats who prevail or the uh, you could similarly describe them Republicans?
1: Well, you, you got the wild card this time around with Trump. You can't really, really ascribe to either party who's got a handful of Democrats that he won in their
0: states by 30 freaking points. Right. Right. they're up for re-election. Well, and if Joe Manchin... And, and who's that uh, Democrat gal from uh, North Dakota? Heidekamp? Can't remember. She might be a different state. Doesn't matter. It's the Great Plains. Nobody knows what's going on there. <laughs> Raised buffaloes. It snows all... Nobody cares. Anyway, uh, but if he gets a couple of moderate Democrats who come out and say, you know, we're in favor of lowering the rate to this, and we'd appreciate it if this And Trump comes out with a ringing endorsement of something that came from the Democrat side of the aisle... How do the Nancy's Pelosi and the Chuck's Schumer uh, torpedo that? Can they? I It'll be interesting to see.
1: We we may be seeing some sort of major
0: reworking of, uh, of, of the way we do things, which or, is what some people voted for. Or, more likely, are the voters of America so busy staring at their expensive new phones that they don't notice any of it's going on, and, you know, nobody cares. Right. Um... Trump hasn't
1: sent out a tweet that shoots him in the foot in a couple of weeks.
0: Right. You're right. I
1: think the whole pace of craziness has definitely slowed down. Some of it's the hurricane.
0: We'll see. But uh, I think the craziness has slowed down. So going back to the jokes of a moment ago, do you think Corden ought to be drummed out of the business immediately or Fallon? Uh, Because one of those two, I, I said, need to be drummed out of the business. Those were pretty weak jokes.
1: I'll tell you that. First of all, I just—I just don't think it's uh, appropriate. We'll convene
0: a special committee and decide
1: don't which. Be, don't mean—don't mean knocking my hobbies. All right. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.